Welcome to the Daily Fitness Podcast. Today I had Shane Walsh on, who is a specialist in female health and fat loss. We had a good chat about all things menopause, PCOS, the menstrual cycle, but also how it's so important for men to talk that little bit more and the benefits of it. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Shane Walsh, how are we getting on? Thanks a billion for coming on to the podcast today. How are no, you keeping? Very good, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's weird doing these face-to-face. I think it's the second podcast ever I've done face-to-face. Well, you're only second one face-to-face. So you've done 300. <laughs> yeah, I've only ever done one. It was uh, with Marty. So I know Marty was in here with Sean a little while ago. Good fight, uh, was it? Yeah. yeah. So I did that in, actually in a school that was beside the gym I was working at, at the time. I had to rent a room so you could hear the audio is a bit crap on it. So I might rent a studio like uh, Dan's here. Yeah, you know, it's some job, isn't it, though? Like, and I think the conversation can be deadly as well. Do you know what I mean? When you're when you're in person, you can read a person as well, do you know? Yeah. So you're saying, so how long ago would that have been? That would obviously be before lockdown and all that, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I was working face-to-face up until about 10 weeks before lockdown came in. So that was probably about 2018, so nearly yeah, three and a half, four years ago at this stage. Mad, isn't it? You're doing it a long time, so Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, 20, 2018 I first started doing face-to-face PT. Um, after kind of like I was in sales and recruitment for for years before that didn't really enjoy that and kind of just accidentally fell into this and it just mm. seems to have kind of elevated since yeah for anyone that doesn't know Shane Shane is a man that I've learned an awful lot uh, learned an awful lot of in regards to female fat loss general general female health I suppose and it's a really important topic that I think more females need to maybe understand a little bit more as well about themselves, which is just is only going to have benefits to, benefits to them. So I suppose just just to rein it back a little bit, I suppose where did you start and how did you I suppose get into the specialising in female health health and fat loss? Yeah, so I the, the the female fat loss thing was kind of by a bit of an accident. So I was mm-hmm. finding that when I was teaching classes, it was mainly women, like mainly women mm. kind of do classes. Obviously, there's lads that do them as well. But it was kind of like, it was a lot of common questions of why am I so tired at this time? Why am I getting cravings? I kind of went down a rabbit hole. So I went down a little bit of research into it and up what invent went into Lift the Bar, which is a great resource. It's like 30 quid or 20 quid a month. Okay. It's really, really good. And I ended up watching like three hour lectures on PCOS, menstrual cycle, and kind of went down a rabbit hole and just found that the small little nuggets you can take from that were like, right, this is affecting 51% of the population or has affected. Mm. So there must be something here. And then I got a couple of books uh, on it and then just fell down that rabbit hole completely. And I was kind of like, right, they always say there's kind of riches in the niches. Mm. So it's kind of like, right, female health, female fat loss. It's not been spoken about an awful lot. And from a perspective of a male, it's not really understood from a female perspective, let alone from a male perspective. So I may not be understand able to understand the psychological barriers mm-hmm. that they face, but I can understand the the physiological and kind of try to explain it from my point of view and try to bring a different kind of element to it. So it I love it. It's um it's really interesting, really, really rewarding. Like I help clients with fertility, with HA, which is hypothetical menorrhea from PCOS, from menopause, perimenopause. Like we the, as a as a group of clients that I have at the minute we nearly have a five-a-side of new babies in the last oh, four goodness. months. So one of the one of the girls, Una, who's been on the podcast, she didn't have a cycle for 10 years and was told to go on to the pill to sort her issue out. I was like, I know what the doctor's going to do. I know what the doctor's going to say. Mm. Do not. And she rang me straight away from New York. I was like, right, we need to figure this out. So 
after about four months, she got a cycle back and now she gave birth to twins there about three weeks ago. That's unbelievable. Like, but not only for her, but even for like you, uh, like it's so rewarding, like, isn't it? Like to to get that message, it was it was it was amazing. But it's it's more like she 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 broke down and kind of said, I never thought this was possible. That's the most rewarding text you're ever gonna get. Unbelievable. Like, and that's the beauty of the job as well. Like, there's literally you can have the impact of that. That is literally a life-changing thing for a person. Like, do you know what I mean? She probably felt stuck in regards to like, what is going on? Like maybe like wondering, will she have kids? Things like that. Do you know what I mean? And it's just unbelievable to, to for, for that message to come through. So I suppose just to, just what you touched on there in regards to you understand, I suppose, the physiology, f- physiological si- side of things. Like that is, that's so important. And I find if you, if let's say you or me as, as coaches can explain that to people, it can help them massively in regards to how they are feeling and maybe why they are feeling it as well. You know what I mean? So one thing I want to just touch on first is just the overall cycle as as a whole. Okay. So obviously females have a cycle and it's so important to understand your phases of your cycle, why you might feel a little bit different throughout different phases of your cycle, but obviously to understand that every single female is individual as well. So can you just touch on that in regards to your phase of your cycle? Yeah, so as you said there, it's really important. The biggest sentence was every single woman is different or every person mm-hmm. that has, because you don't necessarily need to be a woman to have a cycle because there's people who are going through, uh, have different genders mm-hmm. and going through different identifications and stuff. But if you have a cycle, it's really, really important to know your body because if you're not able to understand it, how can you, your family understand it? How can your partner understand mm-hmm. it? How can the kids understand it? So it's really, really important. So I would always say to get an app like Clue or Kandara or get a pen and paper and track your cycle. A lot of people won't necessarily track their cycle because it's like another app on the phone. They don't mm-hmm. know how to do it. And they'll be just right, you're 16, 15, 16, 17, here's the pill. That's yeah. what you're prescribed. I'm not anti-pill, I'm pro-choice. But it's 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 important to understand that you need to understand what the different stages are. So the different stages are, you'll generally have a little phase, you'll generally have the menstrual menstrual cycle as well, which is where you actually have that bleed. And that's day one of your cycle. So that's when you are kind of like a little bit more bloated, a little bit more irritable. You could have breast tenderness, you could have mood swings, loads of different things could be that happening. Then you kind of go into the next phase and then you hit into ovulation. And then you kind of have that PMS stage as well, which is generally that happens to kind of like seven to 10 days or three to five days, depending on who you are, where you kind of go into it where you're kind of getting a little bit more irritable, those cravings, those sugar cravings that people talk about kind of ramp up. And the whole kind of crescendo of a menstrual cycle is around the ovulation. If you are having sex outside of your fertile window, you're literally like, as Ashley O'Kelly has said several times, you're like having sex with a door. Yeah, I knew it was coming there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So your ovulation is the peak and that happens generally at the middle stage of your cycle. So for example, for this, we'll have a 28-day cycle. Day 14 is where your ovulation should peak. That's generally where you're going to be able to get pregnant. That's what the peak of the estrogen is, which is your kind of like your Beyonce hormone, makes you feel like a woman, makes you have that little bit more sassiness as uh, I think it was Macy Hill uh, from Mm -hmm. Period Power, which is a great book. And that's what she talks about. Um, And that's generally where you're going to have a little bit more eggy discharge in your kind of like your pants and your lining and stuff. So if you actually go and get an egg, open up the egg, crack the egg and put your fingers into the egg and try to pull your fingers apart, that's what that that kind of like fertile mucus feels like. Um, So it might be a little bit more yellowy in the, in the, the pants and stuff. And then that's generally, you might find that you're a little bit more, your libido increases. So you might be, or there's also women that may be a little bit more withdrawn. 
around that stage as well. And then you've kind of got your stage kind of like the week before. And this is where people with those cravings are going to come in. So generally what the recommendation is, the research is changing all the time mm. because as Stacey Sims, women are not small men. The research has been done on men for so long. We're changing it. It's generally your appetite will increase. Your mood will decrease. Your libido may decrease. You may feel a little bit more bloated. You may feel heavier. Those sentences of like, I feel fat. Well, fat's mm -hmm. not a feeling. So that's not what's going on. So you may need to increase your calories by about 300 calories. More if you need it. Then you've got higher protein to keep you a little bit more fuller for longer. Your metabolism is sped up. So you need that little bit more. It's like going from Dublin to Galway, which you did this morning, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the vice versa, uh, on half a tank of petrol. You're not going to mm. make it. So you need to give yourself that little bit more. And people were like, well, I'm going to lose my progress. We're like, no, no. What we're going to try and do is we're going to try and look, this is what's going to make you more adherent by giving yourself that more food, by giving yourself that more fuel. It's going to get you through these couple of weeks so you can, you can make sure that you're being adherent. So I always talk about like weeks with like weeks. So if you look at week one of your cycle to in June to week one of your cycle in July and measurements or scales or your progress in your, the weights that you were lifting have increased or decreased, whatever it may be. That's a better metric than comparing week one of your cycle to week four of your cycle. They're not like for like, there's too many hormonal shifts going on. So after your ovulation at day 14, that will kind of dip down. And then on day 21, about seven days after your ovulation, your progesterone increases. So your estrogen is your kind of like sassy hormone, your woman hormone, and then that dips down and your progesterone, which is your kind of like your calming hormone, it ramps up um, and that will help you as well. So it's your yin to your yang. So there's mm. a lot of things going on in the body. There's a lot of hormones in the body and it's understanding, not that you don't understand, need to understand all of it, but you probably need to understand, right, am I going to be in a better mood here? Am I going to be stronger here? Am I going to have a little bit more cravings here? Do I need to kind of step the foot off the gas here and probably not take on tasks? Mm -hmm. And there's an amazing place called Red School uh, over in Scandinavia. They talk about it from a point of view of comparing it like the seasons of the year. So you've got your winter, your autumn, your summer, and your spring. Mm. Compare your cycle to each one. Winter is probably around your cycle. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, winter is coming, where you may need to kind of like be a bit more inverted. Yeah and take it easier. Spring, you're ready to take on the world. Summer, you are the world. And then you've kind of got autumn, you're kind of going into that kind of more retreating stage. I think of it like that, right? Where can I take on more tasks? Where can I train harder? Where can I go for my walks? Where do I need to like an actual cuddle with chocolate and a bit of, yeah. bit of chill time on the couch? And that's, as we said at the start there, like that, everyone needs to maybe understand their own individual circumstances as well, because that's key. You don't need to understand it all, but just, as you said, the basics, how are you feeling at different points of your of your cycle? And just be aware of it, like more than understand the whole thing, you know what I mean? Because when you're aware of something, you can you can, you can solve you can solve something awful easier. And as you said there yourself, one thing that I always, always find with clients is that when you tell a person, Maybe it's the few days before their cycle where they're just getting enough at hunger, your cravings are higher. So you're like, okay, let's increase calories a little bit here. Just give yourself a little bit more, a little bit more food so that you're able to be adherent. Oftentimes, as you said, people are like, no, I can't do that. That's going to stall yeah. things. It does install things. It's because oftentimes if you stay trying to stay in maybe that deficit, you're just going to maybe, it might lead to a binge because you're restricting yourself from something you maybe just absolutely need for just a few days. Like... And it can it can actually make progress go back the way rather than rather than forward, you know. And it, but you can see maybe why people might think that 
increasing their food for a few days might stall it, but it's so important to understand it's a tool. It's like a diet break, like for a person in a fat loss. It is a diet break. Yeah. Yeah. It is a diet break for a person in a fat loss phase and can absolutely build up adherence long term because people are, I think, are in the moment a lot as well and are wanting to get that get that result really fast. Whereas they're they're not thinking of, right, is this going to be something that's going to help me stay adherent or is it going to like stall me in the moment for like a second? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think a lot of, I always say to clients is the goal can't always be fat loss or mm. weight loss. Oh, so important. And I think when people are coming from certain club backgrounds, you're literally like, you're shamed for going up on the scales. Mm-hmm. But that person is not providing the education. Like that could be a number of different factors. That's why bringing that like week with like week thing with clients is. And it's brilliant that you kind of, you do it with your clients as well. You kind of say, right, this could be an almost a diet break. Those three days of, it could be 300 calories extra per day. Mm. Those 900 calories could be the difference between you kind of like not having that overeating pattern could be giving yourself that little bit more freedom with a little bit more chocolate for soul mm-hmm. food that you enjoy. And it could also be the difference between you actually having the energy to get through the day. Mm. And those three things are huge for someone who's potentially working a busy life, has family, whatever it may be. Those three things could be huge for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, it's just, it will keep a person adherent and just, it can be a game changer for some people. can be a game changer. One point you touched on, Shane, there was just in regards to the pill, in regards to like, I suppose, what would be the right? Females are meant to have a cycle. It's 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 a natural thing. So, what would be the reason that let's say a female might actually lose her cycle? Because it's a common thing that I might see a couple of clients who have come to me. Maybe they're regular, be it a regular cycle or maybe loss of cycle. What would be the reasons for that? So, like it depends. Like there, mm. there could be there could be an eating disorder mm-hmm. underlying, and then someone could have a thing called hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is loss of a cycle. So they've had no cycle for a certain amount of time, three, four, five, six months. And that could be from over-exercising, under-eating, and the two mixed. And I've seen that with clients before, is you're kind of, particularly with kind of COVID, people were watching lives and doing an awful lot of lives. They didn't have an awful lot else to do or couldn't do an awful lot else. So they were over-exercising, not eating or food. And the body was like, hang on, no, I'm actually going to turn off this switch. So females and men have it as well, have a thing in their brain called the hypothalamus, which is the hormone regulator. So if the body feels under attack, it will switch off your hormones. It will switch off your kind of your reproductive hormones mm. and it will protect the repro- it will protect the organs like your kidneys, your heart, all that kind of stuff. So that goes into safety mode. If the body doesn't feel safe, it will turn those off. But once your body's working or in homeostasis, which means in balance, everything should work. So if you are getting an irregular cycle, if you are getting uh, heavy bleeds or Mm. you're missing cycles or whatever, there's feedback given to you. So that's why I would always link back to tracking your cycle. What's normal for you? What's regular for you? And looking at it from that point of view. The whole thing with the pill is pill won't fix hypothetical amenorrhea. Pill isn't a, a real bleed. It's a withdrawal bleed. So it's not going to fix the problem. There's something underlying. People will potentially use the pill for acne. It's a short-term solution. Mm. Once you stop the pill, the acne is going to come back. And Ashley O'Kelly, I think that's her name now. She got married, so she changed her <laughs> name. Uh, AOK Nutrition has done loads of episodes on this. And, this, and she was on my podcast on that. And she's done loads of research on that as well. But... There could also be PCOS. So there mm-hmm. could be criteria of you could have a little bit more testosterone in your body. You could be having issues with kind of like ovulation um, or you could have irregular periods as well. So the, the pill, 
maybe use if someone has a heavier flow and that could be one one proper reason for it. It could be that you want to use it for contraception. That's personal choice. Yeah. Uh, completely personal choice. The man can also get the snip. That's the other option. <laughs> um, so there's there's loads of different options to it. Will it be the real version of you or will it be your natural hormones? Probably not. So you're not going to get your natural estrogen or your progesterone going. So that could have an impact on your bone health down the line. So it's completely up to you. But mm. I think we need to give education to the next generation that when they're in schools or getting these sex education classes, that they have, they're, they're armed with the next lot of questions. Mm. So they can go, well, what if I do this? What if I do this? What if I do this? Because that information isn't given. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken to so many clients of like, I never knew any of this. And there's you know, there's amazing movement happening now with so much information going out. But the pill isn't bad. It isn't good. It's your choice. It's just making sure you have the right information of like, right, you're not 15, 16 years of age going in saying, right, here's the pill. Well, I haven't had a, you haven't had a cycle or you've got a really heavy flow. If you have heavy flow, that could fix it, but I'd rather you go get hormone screens mm. to make sure to figure out what's going on. They're a lot more intense or can be a lot more intense for teenagers in general because the body's going through so much change. Yeah. It doesn't know what's going on. It's kind of like the dam has erupted and it just has to calm itself down for a little bit. So yeah, there's loads there, but... Yeah, like it's it's so important if you're aware of them things. Like if you're aware, as you said, it's a personal responsibility in regard, a personal choice if you want to have it or not. But like to have that to have that education around it, and maybe right, I'm a person who maybe has lost my cycle. Maybe it's not probably maybe not the best choice in the world to to maybe go on it again. Personal responsibility. But if someone has that information, they can make that personal responsibility. But if there's no education around it, like people can't, and they're just maybe just giving it and say, like, do you know what I mean? That's not that's not good. And as you said, it's. It's like everything though. Everything starts from a young age, and it should the education should be there from a very young from from a young age as well. You know, as you said in schools, talks like that. That's where things are taken on board. You know what I mean? It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, like I think if you think about it, like Ireland have only kind of come out of kind of Catholic Ireland in mm. the last little while, so contraception was illegal for yeah, a very yeah. long time, and it's kind of like I think it's now anyone under. 17 or 18 are now given free con free condoms or free contraception uh, as of like last week or two mm. weeks ago and they're bringing in some new legislation in the next little while but it's going to take a while to come through so things are changing it's just going to take a little bit of time to to kind of catch up I the next couple of generations will will get the benefit of what's of happening now and I think and I think it's there's been so much oppression towards women and those who have cycles and stuff for such a long time I think it's about understanding celebrating each individual's body is it's the next mm. next chapter and i think it's amazing to see it there's so much research out there now and there's so much even talk of like just top people like even yourself and that like top people talk about it and it's just bringing such awareness to people it's so so important one thing you touched on there or just in regards to, right let's say a person had irregular cycles what can they actually do to get it back because i don't think people actually have a clue and and i just want to hear what 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 would you say to an individual who is going through that obviously there's an awful lot of things to take into yeah, account yeah. what are the lifestyle things that take that, that that you need to take into account yeah so the first thing is what was your cycle like before mm. that's the first question and then the second question is i would always like go get go into the doctor go get to the, or to the gp and go get your hormone screened so your ho hormone screen is similar enough to a blood screen when you're going to get your normal bloods like your vitamin d your t3 t4 mm. it's very similar so you go into your doctor and say right go get these and see what the normal ranges are and then you figure out what's what's slightly off. It could be a few things. 
So if it's an irregular cycle, it could be lower progesterone or, and that kind of be, that could be an issue. It could be that there's a lot of stress on in your life. And people think that stress is like nervous breakdown. Mm. I think that's what the issue with stress is. People think it's like, I need to be in a curled in a ball, crying into chocolate or crying into something or in therapy or whatever it may be. And that's not what stress is. The body, there's an amazing book called The Body Keeps the Score and it's on stress. And the body, if there's any trauma or grief or whatever like that in your life and you have never dealt with it, the body is just going to keep, it's kind of like dripping water into a cup. The stress bucket. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, And it just, it's going to top up, top up, top up and then it's going to overflow. So that could be happening to the body as well. It could be a sense of, right, you're doing too much exercise Mm. for what your body needs. And people are like, well, I'm told to do this, told to that. But five days a week for you may be too much for your body and you may may need to only do three, but then the body, the brain freaks out again of like, well, I I, I need it for my mental health. Yeah. Exercise isn't therapy. Exercise can be used as a way to de-stress yourself and all that kind of stuff, but it isn't therapy. So therapy is probably the better option there rather than trying to run away from problems and stuff. It could be that you're not eating enough Mm. as well. It could be that you potentially come off the pill. So you could have a thing called post-pill amenorrhea. Mm -hmm. So if you have had a pill, if you had a cycle beforehand um, and you are been put onto the pill, and you have no cycle now for, say, three months, that could be post-pill PCOS or post-pill amenorrhea. So you may need to check and say, right, what do I need to do? You probably need to eat that little bit more food. You probably need to potentially reduce your alcohol or your your stress. You need to reduce your exercise and probably increase your calories. So there's a few things, but the doctors and stuff could be like, right, just go onto the pill. That's literally like putting a plaster over a leaking faucet at home. It's just going to implode eventually. It's about having those options again. There's so much to it with the irregular cycles, but it can be lifestyle. It could be hormones. And that's why with the first step would be check, rule out if it's hormones. Or go to a doctor, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes what can happen when I've seen it with clients is, well, are you trying for a baby? And they'll be like, no, it's like, why are you looking for these hormones? Why are you looking for this? Mm. It's like, well, they're your hormones. It's your body. So why don't you... Why don't you give me my hormones? Why don't you give me my readings? They can make it a little bit more difficult. The 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 way the system works at the minute is no fault of the system, just the way it's been created. If there isn't an issue, the system won't try to remedy it. Mm-hmm. It's only if like, sorry, you're trying for a baby. But why do we have to wait until we're trying for a baby to try and fix the problem? Yeah, gotcha. Why are we trying to do something that we could do seven years earlier when someone's potentially 25, 26? Prevented. And then until they wait until 32, which is like avoiding the frustration of the fertility stuff. Because it's a massive, massive chapter in someone's life. Mm. And the, the rise in fertility issues that are happening at the minute is frightening, both from a male perspective and a female perspective. Some of it can be fertile issues with hormones. Some of it can be lifestyle issues. And lads sometimes we may need to reduce the alcohol which may yeah yeah may yeah, help yeah 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 with the yeah, swimmers <laughs> yeah a lot of people probably won't be won't be in favor of that but yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but as you said there it's about pouncing on it before it it before a problem actually occurs to help prevent a problem but that that's the same thing with so many things though as well isn't it like for example Let's say a person, uh, and we're just kind of touched on it there in regards to stress management. Let's say a person is ext- it, it has got to a point who is extremely stressed, like extremely stressed. The stress bucket is chronically yeah. overflowed, right? You're not, like a person isn't going to listen to you 
and you say, go on, do a little bit of deep breathing or go for a walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You have to pounce on it before it gets to that. And it was just a, I was actually doing like a presentation that with a client before. It's like, they're not going to listen to you when they're in that state. No. It's about having these small little things in place to help prevent something getting worse. And it's just, it, it covers a lot of things there, you know. And let's say for something like stress management, it could be as simple as a daily walk. It might be five minutes of breathing. It might be, do like you said there about um, exercise as it's it's not actually like a form of therapy. Like just because you're not going to the gym doing five days of intense exercise doesn't mean you can't have two of them days going for a normal walk. You know what I mean? That would probably benefit your your whole stress management side of things. Would you agree with that? Like, yeah, and I think I think people don't understand what the definition of stress is. Like, mm. stress is a, is a shock to the body. It's a, it's a massive thing on the body. But a lot of people think like, well, I'm not stressed. I'm kind of like, well, what hours are you working at work? Are the kids acting up? Are the kids sick? Are there difficulties at home? Are there massive errors? Are there massive deadlines? Mm. Have you changed a new job? Has the car exploded? Is there a leak in the house? There's all these different lifestyle factors that could be at play. And I don't think we, our bodies aren't made for the overload of stress that are on the bodies right now. We've got access to digital stuff all the time. We can watch Netflix. Most people don't even watch Netflix. They have slow looking at something else on their phone mm. at the same time. We're not able to unwind. We haven't been given the tools to unwind. We don't know how to actually take that step back. That could be, as you said, a walk. That really does help me. That was my therapy during yeah. lockdowns. Literally saved me. And then you could also use it as a tool for you to kind of listen to podcasts. You could Perish. listen to an audio book. Mm. Yeah, Habit Stack. I can see the book over there. That's why it's in oh, my head. Atomic Habit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and then you could also potentially go for sea swims. That mm. was a big thing. Uh, the, the Dry Road Brigade were well and truly out over the summers and stuff. Yeah. So there's loads of different things. Talking. I genuinely talking saved my life. If I hadn't gone to therapy, I wouldn't be here. I know as morbid as that makes it out. Mm -hmm. But you, some people may not feel they have that, uh, haven't been shown how to deal with their emotion. They haven't been shown how to show emotion. And I had an amazing guy, uh, Josh Connolly on, and he talks about emotional avoidance. We as humans or this generation haven't been shown how to deal with their emotions by the next one because the next one haven't been shown. If you think about the old school mentality of potentially the, the country farmer, doesn't really talk about their feelings. Of course, yeah. Particularly for men. Women do talk mm -hmm. more than lads. There's issues for, uh, for women as well, but there's issues for lads. Um, and we haven't been shown how to deal with our emotions. So how can we actually talk about it? Mm -hmm. Because it's been so long as like, just kick it on down the road. Yeah. But that's, that's like, not a, like that's trying to, trying to save for something and then still not looking at like you're looking at your spending. You're not going to, you can't really, you, you, it's not going to fix it itself, but it's, it's one of these, uh, mental health has to be at the priority of most people's things. And we push it to the side and we don't look after it enough. We wait until something crops up. We wait until something has gone wrong until we address it. But if you could do like a walking or a talking or therapy or CBT or whatever mm -hmm. it may be for you and take along as you're going to go, as it kind of go, you may not need to do it after a while because you've done the hard work. Yeah. I heard a quote from Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran compares kind of like talking or therapy to like writing a song. No, writing a song to Dirty Water. Apologies. <laughs> Ed, so if you are emptying out like a, a radiator, the dirty water comes out first. That's like your thoughts, your crap out of first. Yeah, makes sense. And then he's writing a song. It's the first song he writes. You only hear the bangers. You don't hear yeah, the yeah. you don't hear the crap songs. Yeah, yeah, fact. Uh, and that's why he talks about 
the kind of that, that links in with mental health. If you someone says I'm crap at journaling, it's not for me. Well, how long have you actually given? And it may not be for you. That's fine. But you may need to try and write. Is it going to be therapy? Is it going to be a meditation? Like I would make sure that I'm doing some breathing first thing in the morning yeah. when I first wake up. Does it happen every morning? No, I'm human. Of course. But it would happen most mornings. Do I go out for my walk most mornings? Yes. It's what you do most of the time that's going to aid you. If you don't do it one day, don't let it go on for the next. Just make sure. Book it into your day. People. Mm, that don't. literally links in with everything, doesn't it? Like that. You, you, someone would say to you, no, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. But they haven't even done it for a week. Like, do you know what I mean? And people don't get to figure out whether it does work for them. You just said the likes of, let's say, a bit of breathing in the morning, going for your morning walk would work for you. That'd be the same for me in regards to going for the morning walk. You know what I mean? That sets me up proper. I'm clear old head of me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think you're doing it sometimes. <laughs> it depends. But uh, basically, I listen to a podcast, Habit Stack, and it's just going for that walk is clears ahead and you're having, by you listening to something or maybe even having a cup of coffee, going for that walk can be an absolute game changer for you. But as well, while you're listening to something, you're looking forward to nearly going to kind of do what you know what I mean. You're pairing to something you enjoy doing, which is absolutely key. But one thing you touched on there actually was actually important was you run about, let's say the generations that are, let's say, be it our parents, for example, like that generation wouldn't be, as you said, the, the, the farmer lad wouldn't be a fella for maybe talking about how he's feeling or whatever. And yeah. it's like, drive it on, man up. Do you know what I mean? That probably isn't the, isn't the best thing. But I think it is changing a little bit. Like, do you know what I mean? Now, this our generation is changed a small little bit. I think it's, at least people are talking about it a bit more. I found there was a time there, I suppose, going back. I'd say it was, when was it? It was just before I kind of started all of this, I suppose. I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. And like, I wasn't in a good old spot. Like, do you know what I mean? I was... I was miserable enough now, to be honest. And I nearly had a half a little bit of a fake breakdown for myself. Like, do you know what I mean? And I found just literally talking to someone and putting it all out there was a game changer because that person was able to give me a little bit of perspective. Like, you know what I mean? And it made things an awful lot clearer. It can be a game changer, can't it? Oh, it's huge. I, I relate to what you said. So it's that, it's that being that lost. Mm, side oh, of lost, yeah. Lost is the only word for it. I don't know. I was at. I think it's... You're kind of built up like you should have X, Y, and Z by 30, X kids or X yeah. X or whatever. And I was kind of like, I haven't done any of this. <laughs> any of this. Plus I'm losing my hairline. <laughs> that didn't help. Um, but I think if having that counselor, my, I was very lucky. It was the first counselor that I found. And she was from a kind of a fitness background. She used to compete in her 20s. Mm. And she was so no nonsense with me. But I needed that. Some people need that arm around the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Sharon wouldn't have worked for for everyone. Um, of but she was great at dissecting the stories. And a lot of people do not know how to challenge the stories. Like I remember one of the coaches that was working for me at the time, he used to always go to clients, cool story. You, say that again, sorry. He used to go cool story oh, okay. all the time. Oh, stop. Yeah, like he because he was a trainee therapist. Mm. So he was kind of like, he would get them to decide, dissect it. Left-hand page, is this a fact? Right-hand right hand side of the page, is this an opinion? Now write the thought where it fits in. Mm. And 99.9% .9 of the stuff that we actually believe ourselves is an actual opinion. And it's not even our opinion. It's been molded by someone else's mm. or it's been our perspective or our kind of like how we feel about ourselves have been projected onto a kind of a scenario. So if you think about it, like if you are a kid and you're bullied at school or whatever it may be, you may take that as, I'm less of a person mm -hmm. and I'm not good enough. Yeah. Those are two stories that will probably crop in. And you're kind of like, well, is that an actual fact? Probably not. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what's, what one define what's good enough is. Most people can't define good enough. 
Yeah. 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 What self-worth? What makes you less of a person? Why are you not able to go through the hard times? Mm. Why are you above all of this? Why do you have to have everyone to like you? There's not one person in this world that everyone likes them. No, not a fact. fact. What makes us so special? Like everyone is special, but what makes us so special that we're above all these laws? Most things that we believe about ourselves are thoughts or beliefs, Mm -hmm. beliefs. A lot of the stories that we have around ourselves are projections, they're insecurities, and it's normal to have those. But if you have the tools of literally that facts for your opinion, changes things so much for clients. And that can be a very useful tool for particular times of the cycle for, like this is not going to override therapy, by the way. Of course, yeah, absolutely. It's It can be useful. Tool. Yeah, exactly. Um, and CBT is huge to kind of work with more positive thinking and people are like, oh, it's a bit wishy-washy. I'm like, no, it, it works for the right. It, you need to, I think you do need to be able to be in that position to work through it. But I think some people can let it go too far to... Before they can rein it back. Yeah, like I, I had to hit bottom. Like I bought sleeping tablets to kill myself, like to be morbid. And that's how bad it got for me. Like I literally just broke down and rang dad. I was like, this, I need help. And literally was shaking and everything. I lost, I think, two stone, two and a half stone in six Jesus weeks. Christ. There's not a lot on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, I, I looked really good. I have a photo of my dad. My dad's arm Father's Day in 2017. My dad's arms around me. He doesn't recognize me in the photo. I have hair, so I might also. Yeah, it's yeah, Halloween yeah. costume. <laughs> um, but it's kind of one of those things like you have support around you, but we push so many people away. Mm. So if we kind of learn, I, the, the, have you seen, is it three? I think the I'm on the move, the, the ad, the old boy no, talking to his son. Liam, I'm on the move. The I farmer lad. I don't think I did actually, no. And he's he's struggling to open up. He's like, the son's asking him on the phone, on the on the video chat. Um, how are we? He goes, I'm grand really. Like an old school lad. He's gotcha. not talking about his feelings. But if if we're not able to verbalize it, we've never been taught how to verbalize it. We're never going to be able to, to actually talk about it. But I think people, there's so many mental health charities out there. There's so many people that people can't talk to. And I'm finding that with clients, once they feel that they have a sounding board and realize that their own problems aren't their own, mm. that someone else in this world at some stage of time got through what you're going through, it's a lot easier to actually dissect and kind of dig into it a little bit more. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's that, that's going to that actually touch with a lot of people though as well in regards to questioning why you think some of these things, you know what I mean? That is key. Question, as you said, or ask yourself like what is the, as you said, what is self-belief and all of that sort of crack. But that relates to, again, fat loss. Why do you believe this? Or why do you believe that a certain body composition is the exact one to, to be? You know what I mean? There's so many things there that people, if you ask a person, why are you believing that? They haven't a clue. Why is a certain thing bad? They haven't a clue, be it a food or what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's when a person actually sit back and think they can't actually give you a correct ex- explanation. Like, do you know what I mean? Just touching there, Shane, and you're just on yourself, actually, because I think that would be, a, that's an interesting one. Like, what was the, was it just a feeling of complete being lost, like, in regards to why you kind of got to that point? Like, what was that? Yeah, so, like, I was kind of, a lot of my mates would be kind of like, they had, they knew what they wanted to do from school. Mm. I didn't know. I was severely bullied in primary school and secondary school up until about 16. And they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Like, right, lawyers, accountants, pilots, doctors. Yeah. My mates are very high achievers. Um, and they 
knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I was kind of a little bit lost. I didn't really enjoy school because mm. I, it was, it wasn't a safe place for me. So I kind of like went inward and didn't really make an effort looking back at it. Yeah. So if I'm not going to make the effort, why should anyone else make the effort? Mm. But I was kind of like in a career that I didn't really, I, I fell into. I came, I was in, kind of came out of my master's when kind of the recession was kind of on. So I graduated in 2011 and the, the economy went to shit in 2010, I think it was. Yeah. So I, I ended up going in as a bank teller in AIB and then I ended up doing internships and falling into marketing, sales and recruitment. I didn't really enjoy it, but I'm looking at some of the, the, the stuff that's actually brought that with me now. I've kind of been able to talk about things and kind of understanding what people's needs are and stuff. There's things that brought with me. But my whole thing was my self-worth was very, very, very low. And I was lost. I didn't know what I wanted and didn't know, well, how can you go anywhere if you don't know where you want to go? Mm. It's like not having the sat-nav and not knowing what destination you want to go to and how to get out of it. And then in I started a new job on Monday, the 2nd, I think, of April 2017. And then on the Saturday, I woke up with my left arm about four or five times the size it should be and didn't know what was going on, rang the folks as you normally do. And I was like, this isn't normal. And dad was like, oh, I'll be grand. And mom was like, there's something not right. So I rang my mate and his um, now husband is a doctor. And he's like, well, she, you need to go into hospital. You need to go in. I stupidly drove myself in. Um, not, wouldn't <laughs> not advise it. Yeah. Not <laughs> advise it. Um, so I was, it turned out I had um, blood clots in my left arm. So one was at my collarbone. And then one was at the, just above the forearm. So in hospital for a week, had to get surgery, open up the veins and yeah, didn't cope with it. And then two weeks later, I went back into work two weeks later because the new job are like, we're paying you, so you need to come back in. So I felt pressure. And then two weeks later, within half an hour, I collapsed at my desk with fluid on my lungs. So I had to, that was, that was me doing recruitment. Mm. And yeah, I fell into a very kind of, dark place of self-pity why me why always me got a mode and didn't know how to get myself out of it went full recluse stopped eating didn't do anything really and then I stupidly went on to Amazon I think it was and mm. bought sleeping tablets from America they had arrived probably a week after I heard an episode I'd never listened to a podcast I heard Bron Keen yeah um, and he said a sense of um, stop caring what other people think so my whole thing was what everyone else wanted it wasn't what I wanted. I was earning money or earning a job for what everyone else thought of me. What did Shane actually want? Mm. Shane was, wants to help people, but just needed to figure out what that what direction that wanted. Um, so went traveling, did a little bit of training after I got sick to try and get myself out of it. did therapy for six months and I go back the odd time um, and was kind of doing hit sessions and stuff when I was away. Mm. And people that we were traveling with started joining in. They were like loving it. So I started doing those. And I booked my flights on the way back from Vietnam. And here we are. So yeah, here we are, whatever it is now, 2022, nearly five years later. And that yeah. unbelievable. Like the, just, there's such a, there's such a story there. Like, you know, and it's something, something bad did happen. Like, and you got to a point where it, probably before you hit that point until you kind of hit that point yeah things probably didn't click you know what I mean as you said there you just said a really important thing that I actually stand by now massively that I didn't stand by before is no one cares what you're doing deep down like do you know what I mean no you don't you should not care what other people think to an extent uh, to an extent I'll always say that in regards to like obviously people do care to an extent of what other people think but like 
no one really deeply cares uh, about what you're doing or the job you're in or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like no one's watching. That, no, one's, no one's looking at us right now. Like, I wonder what Shane and Evan yeah. is doing. What are they talking about in the podcast? Like, you're you're important to the people that you're important to, but you're not as important to the milkman or yeah, the yeah. person in the shop. They're not worrying about you. I always, I was very lucky. I had a an inner circle. Mm. So I like my mates, if I go quiet on my phone for like two or three days, my mates will text me or ring me. Say, well, she what's up? Class. Class. So I'm very lucky mm. and I'm not, I know not everyone has that. And my dad uh, spoke to me after I got sick and he spoke about his own challenges and all that. I'd never heard any of it because you put your parents up on these pedestals Mental, yeah. as, and you're kind of like your dad's like your Superman. I'd never heard any of this. And uh, so when I was like, right, if dad, can struggle or has struggled, but then that's okay to struggle. It's kind of like broke down the barrier for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then mom was just, moms are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll always be there. And yeah, and like <laughs> my mom's my best friend. So it's kind of like, she's amazing. She was an absolute rock and she knows if I'm, if I go quiet or if I'm back home for dinner on a Sunday, she'd be like, what's up? I remember mm. one day I came home from playing football. Before I said that, she goes, you scored a goal today. It's like, how the flip did you know that? Yeah, yeah. She just looks at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just this, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, that, it, it's actually, it, it's mad. And having, having someone to talk to there is it's just an absolute game changer. Yeah. As you said there, a fellow just literally WhatsApp, what's the crack? Like, you know, <laughs> something so simple. That's like, all it has to be. And I think a lot of people think that there has to be this, like, I think a lot of people will try to fix someone if they find out mm. that there's something wrong with them as well. Yeah. Don't try to fix someone. It's not your issue. But just knowing that you can actually have that support and be that support for someone. It could be as simple as, you just want to come for a coffee. Yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah, to go yeah. to the cinema, do you fancy coming along? Those simple texts. My mate bought a house at the time and he wanted help with painting. So I painted his house. Yeah. He got free labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a that. way of him getting all the lads into the house to kind of mix in and interact yeah. with me. I wasn't talking, mm. but it was being around people and kind of... You knew you were around people, like you knew you had them. I knew I had a safety mm. net. I knew I had that and like... That meant the world to my parents about having that. So I was very lucky. Not everyone has that. But if someone's looking to do something therapy, I highly recommend it. Mm, yeah, yeah. I actually never even did it, to be honest with you. I was just literally, it was just another person I, I, I was talking to, I suppose, as well. But I wouldn't, if I, let's say me now back about two years ago, there's no way I would have even be sitting in a chair like this, even <laughs> being able to have a conversation like this. Not a fucking chance. Because I'd be always thinking, what's that fella thinking? What is he thinking of me? Social media, to think of he's chatting away, talking yeah, to himself. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I really grabbed the bull by the horn. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think people have these misconceptions and preconceptions of people. And I think that's that's their projections of what they feel yeah, about yeah. themselves onto other people. And mm. You don't know what's going on internally for someone. And unhappy people Definitely. will project as well. So mm. it's, it's about protecting your own energy, really. Definitely, yeah. No, I think a lot of people will, will click with a lot of that. So I'm, I'm going to bring it back a small little bit in regards to one thing I wanted to actually touch on that... I deal a good, or not, I don't deal a good bit, but I have a few clients and a few people do ask me about PCOS, Shen. What is PCOS? <laughs> so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it affects about one in 10 women, mm. which is quite a lot of people. And it's basically, it can be higher testosterone in your body. It can be, you have polycystic ovaries not cysts on your ovaries, which is very different. Mm. And you can you could have kind of like um, excess hair growth in your face yeah. or you kind of could have issues, ovulation. So there's a, there's a Rotterdam criteria and you need two out of the three realistically to figure out what's going on, mm -hmm. which is, are you having issues with ovulation, which is the peak of your cycle? Are you having elevated testosterone levels or are you having 
um, kind of like excess hair growth or anything like that. So there's two out of the three. And if you're taking two out of the three, it's a pretty safe option to figure out that you've got PCOS. There are doctors and stuff may do ultrasounds. They're not the most reliable um, because they may pick up that shadow of the just cysts on your ovaries. So mm. you may not be able to diagnose between a polycystic ovary and a cyst on your ovary. And what it can lead to is it can lead to difficulties. About 70% of women with PCOS have a thing called insulin-resistant PCOS. And that can lead to struggling to break down the energy from carbohydrates so and the glucose. So your body has insulin in the body and diabetics will be will be well aware of what I'm about to talk about. If your body cannot break down the energy of the carbohydrate, your blood sugars will go crazy and you'll go from high energy to low energy by a hyperactive child to a very small child or a sleepy child very, very quickly. And that can make things a little bit more lethargic. Your mental health could be, mm-hmm. I think it's over 50%, it's depending on reach, 50 to 70% of women with PCOS can have mental health issues mm-hmm. from body image issues, from depression, a little bit more anxious because they don't necessarily know what's going on. There could be other deeper rooted things going on as well. Um, it is possible to lose weight with PCOS, 100%. The metabolism may be a little bit slower depending where you're reading the research. It, there's sometimes up to 40% slower mm. metabolism or there's newer research coming out now saying that it's potentially 100 calories less than someone who doesn't necessarily need it. So if you're looking at Mary who's say 70 kilos and Anne who's 70 kilos and they potentially need say 1800 calories to remain the same weight, Anne who has PCOS may only need 1700 mm. calories. So it's that's less than a chicken fillet. Yeah. And yeah. more than a Fredo. Yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> that's so important for people to understand as well. Like, because I think people are, a lot of people are still in the mindset that are still have the thoughts that like, no, I have PCOS, impossible to lose weight. When it's the new research isn't exactly saying that. Yes, it is more difficult without a doubt. Um, It can be more difficult. But as you said, the new research is showing that it's maybe not as much of a difference to the metabolism as possible in a lot of the lifestyle factors. Yeah, so like it can be stress has a massive impact on it mm. because if your energy levels are already spiked and all over the place from potentially the, the diet and lifestyle uh, that you're kind of created, the stress can have a massive impact. And if your mental health is off from body image because you may have excess hair growth or you may get a little bit more body fat a little bit around your stomach, which can be a massive thing because unfortunately the media projected that women need to have slim abs or toned abs yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So if your if your ecosystem has created that for you, that's what you're going to take in. That's what you think you need to live up to. If you're struggling to ovulate, that could lead to issues of, I may not have kids, which is a different kettle of fish altogether. Mm-hmm. So of knowing there's, there's, there's people and fertility experts that you can go and talk to on that side of things. It is possible, but the mental health aspect of if you may create a coping mechanism or a mechanism, should I say, of potentially going for more food to deal with your emotions when you're in those lower states. And as a byproduct, that may mean that you may, may have more calories over time, which as a byproduct may mean that you create you get more weight. And that's through no fault of your own. That's the biggest question. But hating, and I had an interview with Martin McDonald. Yeah, deadly, yeah. And in that podcast, he said, hating yourself into change won't change shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're not liking how you feel about yourself, hating yourself into, I'm going to be happy at 70 kilos, 
that's not what's going to happen. No. You need to address the root cause of where these things are coming from. Are you struggling to accept? And that's one of the other things you spoke about, acceptance. Accepting that this is what you have and how can you tweak it? Managing your stress, weight training. You have excess testosterone in your body, which is a positive as well because it means you can gain more muscle quicker mm -hmm. than someone who doesn't have it, which means building, I'm going to say the word toned, I hate the word. Yeah, yeah. But it's, well, I'm just going to say it. It's going to click with people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to get toned, it's based, toned means build muscle. And in order to do that, you need to be consistent. You need to have adequate protein, rest, managing your stress, but you need testosterone helps in there as well. So it can aid you on that. You can get strong as hell with PCOS as well. HIIT training can help to manage your glucose levels as well. Walking for your mental health can help. Managing your stress will help you to sleep. So if you're not sleeping, your mental health can go left, right, and center. So if your stress is off, your sleep will probably go off. Your nutrition, your lifestyle will probably go off. So the root cause of it, or not root cause of it, root kind of help to it will probably be managing your stress. It will probably mm. be number one. Looking at your diet and nutrition, higher protein, whole grain carbohydrates. I'm not saying white carbs are bad at all because how can a food be bad? It's not going to kidnap your dog. So white carbs may not age you because your blood sugars will go up and down. You'll feel, a, they'll spike them up and you'll feel lethargic quite quickly. And people will be like, what piece of ass? Be like, oh my God, this is me. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I find that all the time. It's like, well, what foods are doing it for you? Mary might have energy crashes after fruit. Yeah. Well, and then the road might have energy spikes after a loaf of bread or mm -hmm. a, spi a slice of bread. So there's very different, different things to it. It can be managed um, and there can be, the pill could be used at certain stages if you are someone who has heavy bleeding. The pill could aid you on that mm. because it, it kind of, it's, it, it stops that kind of spike and up and down of your natural hormones and brings in the artificial hormones that are in, like your estradiol or your progestin, not your estrogen and your estrogen. Mm -hmm. And it could kind of level it out, but it's not getting to the root cause of the issue. You need to get to the root cause. So can you lose weight with PCOS? Yes. Can you gain muscle with PCOS? Yes. Can you get to your goal with PCOS? 100%. There's just a little bit more for you to accept a little bit more a few more steps for you to probably bring in with someone that doesn't have it but is it possible and i've seen it with a lot of clients with pcos it is very very possible mm. so important to understand what just what martin mcdonald touched on as well there was if you aren't happy with yourself at the moment and you think that you're going to be happy when you get to maybe 70 60 kg whatever it is you're codding yourself and you will not get there like do you know what i mean you have to Find the root cause, number one. See why are you feeling like that, number two. And then you can start, start. You cannot build a house with no foundation. Like, do you know what I mean? You cannot build a house with no foundation. And that applies for anyone. It applies for a male who has a poor relationship with food. It applies for everyone. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's so, so important. You have to address them things, number one. Um, One thing actually you touched on there was I find a lot of clients will come to me and they would say, oh, I have PCOS. I've been told to go on keto. I've been told to go to Slimming World actually is what I've been told as well. I don't know if you've been. I've not, I haven't had the Slimming World recommendation. Not, I've okay. had it from other people but I haven't had it from the, okay. for those with PCOS. Yeah, I, yeah that, that has been a couple of things that has been told to me and to go on a very low carbohydrate, an extremely low carbohydrate diet um, because of I suppose insulin resistance and things like that. Can you explain that to people? Yes, I'm going to first of all, you do not need to go keto or you do not need to go to a certain Slimming Club in order to manage your PCOS. So as I spoke about a second ago is the, the, the issue can be that your, your, 
your production of the glucose or the energy from the carbohydrate may spike up your insulin and you may crash it back down. That doesn't necessarily need, mean that you need to cut out carbohydrates completely. Mm -hmm. You may need to increase your whole grain carbohydrates. So white starchy carbohydrates will spike up your blood sugars and crash them back down and you'll feel energized and crash back down really quickly. If you have a bag of sweets um, and you get this sugar high and crash back down, that's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. So whole grains will, are like whole grain bread, whole, whole meals, all that kind of stuff, are the ones that will keep you fuller for longer, but keep it steadier so you won't have that big a drop. Gosh, yeah. So your mood may not go as low or as possible. Plus, you're getting fiber into your body, which can help to deal with any IBS issues because those with PCOS can have IBS issues as well. So I would, you don't need to go keto. You may just need to be a little bit more careful of having a little bit more whole grain options. Yeah. Not saying to cut out cakes. I'm not saying to cut out white starchy carbohydrates. I would just say if you are at, say, 20% whole grains, if you even brought that up to 40 or 50%, yeah. the changes in your body and the changes in your adherence will increase game changer yeah like a lot of people think straight away if there's any issue at all in themselves it's straight away when the goal is fat loss eliminate everything that's what a lot of people think whereas a lot of people maybe need to start thinking why not add a few more things in add in maybe a little bit more protein add in a little bit more fibers and whole grains a little bit more fruit and veg maybe adding in consistent exercise maybe like a two to three times a week you know what I mean not thinking that you have to go to these big drastic changes because what happens in straight away like if you were a person with PCOS or with, with anything at all you tell them to take out carbohydrates think to yourself what's that going to do probably lead a person down the road of maybe binge eating you know what I mean there's so many things it can, it can cause do you know what I mean so so important um that is just so with PCOS right that's obviously it's one in ten roughly one in ten, people, one in ten people yeah so so we have PCOS and then one thing that affects literally everyone, every female then realistically is menopause. I suppose you have perimenopause, menopause. Can you explain, I suppose, the little bit of a, the road they have? <laughs> the road they have. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> menopause is you haven't had a cycle for 12 months. Mm. Okay. So that generally can, average age is about 51. It can happen earlier. It can happen later. It can also be surgically induced as well. I've had clients having menopause surgically induced at as young as 28. That's so difficult to understand mentally and physically that, right, that's, you almost, it's, Lara Bryden talks about it being the second puberty. We all know how difficult puberty was. It was your body's going through so much change and it's hard to accept what's going on and you don't know how to deal with what's going on. You may be more irritable. You may be more anxious. You may more be a little bit more self-conscious. You may be having a little bit more body fat around a certain area of your stomach. You may be not sleeping. You may have night sweats. You're like, what the hell is wrong with me? Mm. Nothing is wrong with you. That's the big sentence to say. Perimenopause is the stage before menopause. So that's generally where your cycles become a little bit more irregular. So if you were on a 28-day cycle, your cycles could be either some shorter, longer, you may have heavier bleeds or whatever it may be. So generally, perimenopause is, is around a seven-year stage. Okay, so the first two to five years is generally where you have your regular cycles. Then it kind of goes into irregular cycles. And then for maybe two, three years, for example, it could be, there could be skip cycles or 60-day cycles. And then you're kind of going into your full-on menopause, which mm. is no cycle for 12 months. That's generally what's going on. 
some of the symptoms, as I said, headaches, low sex drive, more irritable, mood, anxiety, all these kind of stuff. And it's making sure you know what your options are. So most people think it's like, this is the end. This is the end of my life. <laughs> it's not. Because I remember having a conversation with a client last last week and we've kind of spoken about it now for probably about five, six weeks. I kind of like, I, I know what's going on here. I think you just need to go to the doctor. And she was kind of like, I don't know if I'm ready to finally get what the answer is. And I was mm. kind of like, is there anyone else that you have spoken to in the last little while that's going through perimenopause at this stage? She was like, my sister. I was like, okay, what did your sister do? She went to the doctor, got her hormones checked, and now she's on HRT uh, with a little bit more estrogen in it. And now she, uh, how does she feel now? She feels amazing. She feels back to herself. It's like, okay, so you've seen a, a success story for her and she's able to share it. And she's like, I see what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without uh, completely saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's kind of like, it's, it's, and she's like, what's the, what's the hardest part for you right now? She goes, it's that next stage of, I don't necessarily feel like a woman anymore. And it's moving on to the next chapter of like, I'm getting older and I'm not ready for this. And it can be a massive mental hurdle to jump over for a lot of people. And it's knowing that women talk. And if you talk to your mates, and if especially if you're schoolmates and they're all the same age, you're all going through it. So having that support group and support network is huge because there's going to be days where you're going to be off. We all have them. But knowing that you have that network around you could really, really help. Um, so like some of the things I would always recommend if you're feeling that your cycles are off in any way, no matter what stage of life you're at, go get your hormone screened. Mm. If you, they may recommend HRT, which is yeah. hormonal replacement therapy. Now there's hit or miss information on this. And then there's very different information on this. If you have breast cancer in the family, the older research would state that you may not be able to get HRT. Mm. Okay. The research is changing on this. And it is evolving and some doctors may give it to you. Some doctors may not give it to you, but you need to seek medical advice. But there are non-HRT non alternatives that you can go down if HRT isn't an option for you. So it's being aware of having that, having a checklist of questions going into the doctor saying, what are my options? So your HRT options could be a mixture of estrogen or progesterone to kind of calm yourself or to kind of settle things for you and bring your levels back up to normal. You go over the counter pills or creams or gels mm -hmm. um, or whatever it may be. But it's a set of symptoms that you try to, you, you, like if you're, if you're having night sweats, there's a reason for that. If you're a little bit more irritable, there's a reason for that. And it's trying to manage that for you as much as you can. Um, like people were like, well, why is my mood going? When I first started talking, the first question you asked me was the stages of the cycle. Yeah. And I mentioned progesterone. Mm. That's your calming hormone. The first thing that goes is your progesterone starts to waver. If your calming home hormone starts to waver, that might be why your mood goes a little bit up and down a little bit more. So that's the first stage. And then your estrogen starts to fluctuate, which is your Beyonce hormones. That's where the irregularities with your cycle may come in. Mm. And you might be a little bit higher in kind of, I don't want to sound this like degrading, but it might be yeah. higher in sassiness. And then you might be a little bit more angry or like a bit more irritable. Mm. And I'm sure there's someone listening to this and be like, they relate maybe. Like, yeah. yeah. 
And I don't want it to come down like a condescending person no, no. with kind of the sassiness language. And then your lower estrogen levels, which is if your estrogen is low, you can't ovulate. If you can't ovulate, you can't have a baby. Mm. So that could also be a next chapter for someone as well, because there is a certain window for when those with cycles can have and want to have kids. So it's about that next chapter of like, right, this is what I've got at the minute. And you may not be ready for that next chapter, which is the hardest part as mm. well. Um, it generally lasts for about, it can last seven years, it can last less, can last more. Um, but generally, if you've no cycle for 12 months, it's generally pretty safe to say you're in you're in menopause. menopause yeah. Um, yeah. That's so important like for people to understand that they have options there if they need it. You know what I mean? So important to like, as, as it's always the best option. Seek medical advice, get your hormones checked. Then if let's say you aren't wanting to go down, let's say the treatment route, things like that. There is things that you can do in regards to lifestyle factors as well. Like, do you know what I mean? And personally speaking, I know it's easier said, said than done, but for most of us, regard, like I, I'm talking general here now, not even a person always just going through menopause or I'm on about even males that people do not apply the simple basic things to the day-to-day -day life in regards to trying to make an effort to prioritize sleep, stress management, exercise, and being consistent with them things because they're not the things that sound good to the ear. You know what I mean? They don't sound the so-called sexy thing, I suppose. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's reality. And I think people are wanting to hear something magical to an extent with, 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 with everything in regards to, be it health and fitness, you know, when a lot of the time your basic things can help massively, but then if they don't, obviously, like there, there, there is things available, you know, and I think that's really important to understand for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, like I think the the unsexy stuff generally works, and the consistency is the f the kiss. Yeah, that's the nail on the head. It's consistency, isn't it? For long enough of time, it's a dirty it's, word. Yeah, the c, the c word. It's not the other c word that people think about. It. It's yeah, like consistency yeah, yeah. is generally what people can struggle with. And if you're if you're not knowing what's going on internally with your body or your hormones and stuff, it can be a little bit more difficult to understand it, and then also to get to your goal. And what I hear an awful lot of when I have kind of clients that kind of like this stage or a little bit older is like, I'm old and I can't lose weight. It's like mm. the metabolism doesn't slow down until you are so 60 much. years of age. And even then it's not slowing down hugely. It's generally around 70 or something. Yeah. Like that. It kind of kicks in a little bit more. So it's not your metabolism per se. It's just, it can be down to your lifestyle factors. If you're not getting sleep. So studies have done, so night sweats or hot flashes and stuff is generally one of the main symptoms that you hear from, from people with um, uh, perimenopause. And if you're not getting sleep, the so studies done of someone who got eight hours of sleep and someone who got four hours of sleep. Yeah. The person with four hours of sleep was consuming 460 more calories on average per day. Now, if you added that up over time, that's potentially going to lead to about half a pound to a pound of fat gain yeah. per week. And that could be three, four pounds over a month. And that could be why things are a little bit more difficult. So if you've got night sweats and you don't know how to manage them or haven't gone for treatment yet or gone to get your hormone screened, the first point of call, if you are feeling that something is off with your body, go to the doctor. Yeah, and I know GPs can be expensive, um, but I know if someone, I think there's free healthcare if you're under a certain salary bracket, I think I could be very wrong on that. So please don't kill me for that. So there are options for you and there are female health clinics that you can go for as well. There's Let's Get Checked, which is a, a website where you can mm. get your hormone screens done as well. But there are options for you. Your metabolism is slowing down. And what will people say? Well, I'm getting all my weight shifted or my fat distribution to my stomach. I hear this so often. It's kind of like, 
Well, generally what's happening is your hormones are changing. So from when you were younger, your body fat distribution was in your quads and in your hips. And now it's, or body, or no, in your quads and your bum. Mm. And because your estrogen is dropping down, which is your female hormone, your testosterone is taking over or leveling or going up, which is your male hormone. So you're going, your body is changing to a more male dominant. Men hold their stomach, their fat in their stomach. When men gain weight, it's generally in our stomach. So your testosterone is increasing. So your body shifts into your hips and into your stomach. And that's why it might be a little bit more of a change, and a little bit more of a, a fat distribution towards that. Your hormones are changing. It's a natural thing. Mm. It happens. Some people may have different levels of it. And then there'll be others that, well, I want that slim stomach yeah. all the time. It's like, I don't even think the people with slim stomachs have it all the time. I don't even have to have yeah, it all the time. Anyway, it's normally digitally done or it could be down to, right, this is your cervix. It, it protrudes because it's your genetics. Yeah, of course. Um, So it's, it's understanding it's the acceptance word again. That's a, yeah, so, so important. And yeah, just to round things off a little bit. So like, I suppose one thing, if, if, if the goal is fat loss for a person, yeah, so sorry, if the goal is fat loss for a person, the best thing that a person can always understand is what is the foundation of causing that? And it is always going to be down to a person over consuming on calories, right? But what people then need to be like, right, why am I over consuming on calories? They can then rein that back and be like, right, what are the things that are doing that? As you said, a lack of sleep, maybe a person's more stressed. It might be due to their overall their overall body image that they're not happy with. And then they maybe turn for food for them things. You know what I mean? There's so many things that cause a person to overconsume on calories. But it's important then if you are aware of that knowledge, you can then rein it back a little bit and you give yourself a little bit of a better chance of being able to solve them things. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you mentioned the word foundations earlier on. Mm. And I think the foundation... You can't diet yourself out of a shit mindset. Yeah. So I think your mindset generally comes first. I would generally always say with clients yeah, is it's going to take, it can take longer, but generally the first four weeks of me is working towards why are we labeling certain foods bad? Why is this a guilty thing or whatever it may be? Like no food is bad and guilt means you've done something wrong. Like how are you a bad person for having pizza? Yeah. Like people say, well, I'm going to cut out carbohydrates. Okay, so you're cutting out vegetables and fruit as well then. People forget carbohydrates. Yeah, People just, forget that fruit and veggies are carbohydrates. People's focus is carbohydrate equals cake. People's car carbohydrates is bread, pizza or pasta, yeah. bread. People cut, cut those out first. It's kind of like, that's kind of like puncturing your tires before you start on any journey. So why are you doing that again? I would always ask the checklist of, can you stick to this for more than a week? Mm -hmm. Most people will be answer is no. Uh, is this going to add to your life or take away from your life? And realistically, can you stick to this for the next five years? I'm not saying being a diet for five years, but can you stick to whatever you're trying for the next five years? And if you can't answer any of those as a yes, it means the wrong diet for you. Because too many people are like, no, I'm going to chop off my arm and I'm going to chop off my leg and see what's going to happen. Yeah. They're extreme examples. But then we're, we also are so focused on the scales. Oh, it's like genuinely, it hurts so my soul. Important. It hurts my soul. Um, you're, it's 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 ingrained in people from society, from the likes of slimming clubs and stuff, that you're a good person if it's down, you're a bad person if you're up, and all that kind of stuff. Those people aren't educated on that side of things. I'm working with. I have a couple of 
those consultants on my books at the minute and they're trying to change their habits, trying to change their Stop. lifestyles. So, and it's amazing to see that they want to improve their education mm. and they're trying to do it for themselves. It's like, well, this is my job. I'm kind of like 100%. You have to put bread on our table on our food on the table for your family and stuff. So they're trying to improve their own health and education around things, which will have a knock on effect onto the people that are coming in. Mm. There's like slimming clubs do work. Of course they do. Yeah. All diets work, but what it probably lacks is the education from an awful lot of people at school level, which is what we spoke about mental health already. But the nutrition, like I didn't know how to read a label on yeah, yeah, nutrition for ages. Um, so if you can't even read a label of food, how can you expect so what's going on? You're given these like, here's your five a day. I think Peppa Pig says it's up to seven days now. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching TV with my three, three, three-year-old godson the other day and it's like Peppa Pig started harping on about seven a day. I was like, People are going to even get into it. Yeah, like rain it back as much. You know <laughs> Calm down, Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, well, I think, you see, when a, I think when a person's in such a desperate situation to change their life, they literally try and jump at the thing that will change it the fastest. Shiny object. Exactly. But then we need to be the people then to kind of rein it back and be like, right, you are not going to stick to this long term if it's going to involve you cutting out chocolate, cutting out maybe a meal out at the weekend, cutting out things that you enjoy in your life. You know what I mean? You need to look at the pro whatever approach you would take to lose the body fat. You need to apply them simple habits. Or you need to apply that them eating habits and that lifestyle, them lifestyle changes for the maintenance of fat loss as well. Because I think a lot of the time people know how to lose body fat. People can do it. You can do it with the likes of Slimming Clubs. You can do it with Shake Diets. They work absolutely unbelievable. What happens after they lose the body fat? Usually the story is put it all back on again. And that is down to simply taking an extreme approach and not looking long-term when you are firstly starting your fat loss journey. Yeah. And I think the biggest sentence I kind of, I know I say to clients is food is always going to be there. Food isn't the issue. Mm. Food is kind of one of these things we all celebrate and stuff. Generally what the issue is, we project onto food about how we feel about ourselves so we judge ourselves by potentially having a pizza on a Saturday and we say we're a bad person for yeah, that. Yeah. If we don't feel our self-worth, our self-esteem is lower, we're like, well, I'm going to go for these foods to numb the emotions that we potentially have. Like we haven't been taught how to deal with them. Food is always going to be there. We need to adjust. Like there's days where we all have those days where we potentially overeat. Of course there is, yeah. But the difference between those who overeat and those who beat themselves up over it is the language they use. Like I had, and so it was my girlfriend's birthday at the weekend, I had Eddie Rockets for lunch and then I had a takeaway pizza. Yeah. And I was like, this is a rarity, but what do I do the next day? I just go back to my normal breakfast. I was just going to say, what what did you do the next day? Just went back to my normal breakfast yeah. and increased my water. Exactly. Because it's a person's reaction and a person's response that actually makes a difference to a person getting a long-term result. Do you know what I mean? I actually just, uh, this is nearly the end now, but <laughs> I actually yesterday just uh, check in with a client and the client was basically saying that she had out at the weekend and now feels like she's lost all her progress. It was just a person literally just starting up. And I was like, right, you have not lost any progress. You ate a meal out. Like, define why is that meal out bad? Wasn't able to define why the meal out was bad. And that person then said, Jesus, usually now what I would do in that circumstance is I'd write off the next week or two. And you need to just think, when it's put out in a picture in front of people, they're like, ah, oh, fuck, what have I been doing? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like if that approach hasn't worked, it's that all. It's yeah. it's the all or nothing. All or nothing. It's the all or nothing mindset because I don't think people will say, "Well, I'm all or nothing." I'm like, "No, you're not all or nothing." 
your, it's your mindset that's all or nothing. Yeah, and that's yeah. been cultivated from going from shiny object to shiny object and not addressing to what is balance for you. Mm. Have you ever looked at what balance is? Potentially, you're someone who wants to have a few drinks on the weekends with yeah. your friends or wants to have a meal out. Well, how does that incorporate into the calories you're having in the week? Have you ever looked at it from that approach? And they're like, this, that can't be done. Like, that's what I yeah, teach. Yeah. It can be done. Think of it a weekly calorie average. It's like when you're having, saving money. It's the total that you're having. It's the total amount of money that you have in your bank account. Mm. It's the exact same with your calories. Stop giving yourself poverty calories of 1,200 calories. Yeah. Hasn't worked. You're not going to be able to stick to it for more than a week. And then you're going to be off it for three or four weeks. And then you're going to go back to it again. Definition of insanity is... Same, the same thing, thing. Yeah. over and over again yeah no I think to be honest Shane I think an awful lot of people are going to get a lot of benefit from that now to be honest with you and again thanks a million for coming on like for what is the plan with yourself now like business work everything like what's the story <laughs> yeah so hammering down on the the podcast so the Shane Walsh yeah, podcast is episodes man. yeah 300, 300 went out yesterday so hammering down on that so and we've got a couple of sponsors coming on now Savage. which is which is nice to have as well and then planning on doing a couple of more talks I think in the next little while as well and then one-to-one -one coaching and then we've got the female fat loss program as well which is a six-week program savage so yeah there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up and where can people find you Shane so at Shane Walsh Fitness on Instagram or the Shane Walsh podcast on Spotify and iTunes deadly Shane thanks a million for coming on I really appreciate all that that was absolutely brilliant and yeah appreciate it big time no worries thank you for so much for having me on no worries at all Thanks a billion for listening. If you want to find me or want to follow along, evandaily underscore daily fitness on Instagram, evandaily underscore daily fitness on TikTok. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>